0: Welcome to Leadership Speaking Radio. This is episode number 18. Our topic today is rehearsal tools from the Leadership Speaking Toolbox. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Penn, professional speaker coach, industry disruptor, and founder of the Leadership Speaking School. We're based in Switzerland, and we train global leaders and changemakers how to speak in public. To find out more about the work that we do, helping to make these leaders go from good to great as speakers, have a look at our website. You can find us at www.theleadershipspeakingschool, that's all one word, .com. Now let's get straight into our topic. The previous two episodes, episode 16 and episode 17, set the stage for this series on tools from the Leadership Speaking Toolbox. In episode 16, we went into the basics, and I described what ethos and pathos and logos mean to public speaking. I also said that public speaking is a performing art, like theater and dance and music, and that a speaker's art is the spoken word, both the created content that that speaker creates, and the delivery of that performance of the content. In episode 17, I talked about the content creation tools that I love from the Leadership Speaking Toolbox. And a number one among those tools is that technique I shared called walking and talking, a total and utter game changer for how to create content for your talks. If you haven't listened to either of those episodes, I highly suggest that you listen to them before going into this one, because this is a series that all links into each other, and the foundations are in episode 16. In today's episode, I want to crack open the nut of rehearsal tools and give you some of the finest tools and techniques out there for getting ready for your elevated conversations with your audiences. I believe that the more you do something, the more comfortable it feels. And when it comes to public speaking, the more you rehearse your talk, the more self confident and less nervous you will be. And I like to say that rehearsal brings you to a place of comfort. And when you understand this, you get rid of so much nervousness related to your speaking performance. In fact, it's a question I get all the time. Dr. Penn, How can I be less nervous when I speak in front of audiences? And the number one response I give is, rehearse, rehearse, and rehearse. Normally, this response gets a eye roll or two from the audience. But then when I break it down and people understand how significant rehearsal is for you to go to that place of comfort, then they start to do things differently. The leaders I work with start to learn the art of rehearsal, and they use this in their preparation. And guess what? They feel less nervous when they go in front of their audiences, and they feel ready and embodied with what they are going to say, taking them to a higher level of consciousness, of awareness, and of joy related to their talking. So to begin with, let's get into these tools. I want to talk about time frame. Practice your speech well before you are due to give your talk. Waiting until the day before or the day itself is too late, people. Don't even do that. Don't even go there. You will be unprepared. The length and the complexity of the speech should determine how much you will need to rehearse for it. For example, for a 10-minute talk on a subject that you're familiar with, beginning rehearsals about three days before the talk should suffice. But for a 45-minute talk on a less familiar topic, rehearsals—listen to this carefully—should start up to three to four months in advance. Yes, I said months. I remember I did this big rehearsal extravaganza for a pharmaceutical company last summer. And the people in this company, there were nine of them, they were going to do a Shark Tank-like pitch— And they had six weeks of preparation with me for a six-minute talk. So they spent two weeks creating that content for the pitch, and the six weeks with me were about the rehearsals. So yeah, time frame is everything, and I feel that this is such a big one. For those speakers out there who don't know how to rehearse, the default is to have too little time, to not budget enough time. Treat this like a project that you are managing and lay this out in your calendars, giving yourself ample buffer space, ample room for you to marinate and work through the different parts of your rehearsal. More is better than less. Another great tool to think about related to rehearsal is that you should stage your practice environment. This means that the closer your practice surroundings are to the actual conditions that you're going to be facing in that talk, the better prepared you'll be. If you know, for example, that you're going to be presenting in an auditorium, then create a large space for yourself in your living room. Move furniture, create that first row of the audience, get the dimensions of what that space is going to look like from your organizers. Literally, ask for floor plans or images snapped on the organizer's smartphones. Get dimensions of width and length from that stage measurement point of view. The more you know, folks, in other words, about how this layout's going to look, the better. I remember from my second TED Talk, I was given the measurements for that little red rug. You know how all TEDx talks and TED Talks have that red rug? The dimensions of that were one meter squared. Yeah, I'm not kidding. It was like, there are 500 people in the audience, but that rug was literally like a bathroom rug from Ikea. And it was plush on top of that, which made it kind of hellish for heels. But that's another story. So I rehearsed every single time with the dimensions that I was given. It was not a lot of space, but hey, the day of that performance came and I was extremely comfortable with that little movement that I had trained myself to do because I knew the dimensions. So understanding and knowing your stage environment and measuring that up to, to be represented in your rehearsal space is everything. Another thing you can do is you can picture yourself at that venue. I love this. Activate your senses. Yeah. And visualize the audience sitting in front of you. See their faces looking at you. Make eye contact and interact with your viewers as if you were having a conversation with them. And you hear this from me all the time. This is about making your talk a dialogue, not a monologue. And when you get into that conversational space in your rehearsal, every single rehearsal, then that's a natural transition for you for that day of the actual talk. You're having that conversation live at this point. Imagine that you feel the heat of the spotlights on your skin. And imagine yourself coming to life in the warmth of those lights hear the sound of your voice amplified by the microphone. Folks, just go there and create this sensory experience for yourself where you dip yourself into this moment of your five senses used in this hypothetical performance situation. And then when you get to the performance situation, you've already been there. You've already done that and you've checked that box. So you'll be nice and cozy in front of that audience. Another tip I love to give is to Always practice out loud. I see this all the time. And let me tell you, it makes me laugh when I give my leaders some content and say, okay, go and rehearse that. And the first thing that happens is there is silence. And I say, are you rehearsing? And they're like, yeah, I'm reading it in my head. And I say, but you're not rehearsing. You can't rehearse like that. You have to practice out loud. You see, because no amount of repetition inside your head can replace actual out loud practice. Like, it's that simple. By using your voice, articulating your words, and hearing yourself speak, you become more comfortable with the tone of your voice and the content of your speech. And another point to this is that by hearing yourself speak, you also get the opportunity to discover any hidden problems with your text, such as unintended tongue twisters, which hide in there, And when you say things out loud, you discover them because your mouth simply can't make the words and they don't come out. And that's when you change the words in your text. Practice your speech with vocal variety. Play. Play and indulge your voice. Do warm-ups beforehand so that your voice can move more freely in your body and resonate off your bones and your muscles and your skin. But do indeed practice with vocal variety. I've got some tools now related to memorization. I find that the word memorization is kind of a bad word in my world. People don't like this idea of memorizing. Many leaders that I work with say, yeah, but I just use bullet points. And then I say, well, great, but then we can't rehearse together because what you're going to say today is going to be different from how you're going to rehearse this tomorrow. So when it comes to the high-stakes talks, folks, I always ask for scripts. I want those words on a page. I want those words marinated with and thought about. I want intention with those words, reasons for those choices, and that's when you can really rehearse and switch things on. There are many ways to memorize a speech, and I invite you to choose the style that suits you best. All of us have our own learning styles. Some people like to learn by listening. Some people like to learn by writing and reading. Some people like to learn by moving their bodies. I'm one of those people. You learn with your learning style or a combination of styles. I like to say that there is a technique where you learn by rote, like an actor. So this is literally memorizing your script word for word. You need a really big buffer of time for this one. It's not the kind of thing where you have a whole A4-sized page with 11-point font, single space, and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to learn all of this today. FYI, that's not going to happen. That's not how your brain will learn. That's not how your body will learn. You need to be kind to yourself. And you need to be learning maybe one line in the morning and one line at dinnertime. And you're repeating those things through the, throughout the whole day. Yeah, that's how gentle you should be with yourself. But when you learn by rote as an actor help you digest the material i like to say that you should rewrite your text yeah so you're not you don't have that a4 size piece of paper with 11 point font you've actually got an a4 size piece of paper with like 16 point font and big spacing and that is a gentle way for you to see these words and to begin to learn them rewrite that script in the first place separate your paragraphs with a line And then highlight or underline key words or phrases that help to trigger your memory. Like I said earlier, don't attempt to memorize everything in one go. It is totally unrealistic, and it's overambitious, and it won't work. Another way that you can memorize is to learn by structure, like a storyteller. I love sharing this point. You can memorize the framework of your speech. That's what storytellers do. It's kind of scaffolding. Like Imagine the steel slabs that create the middle of a building that's being built, right? You can see it there in the skyline, and all of those steel bars are on the building. That is the foundation. That's the grounding. That's the base for that building. And that's how storytellers learn. There's this scaffolding, and there is content or a theme or a topic in every one of those layers of the scaffolding. And what shows up in between, that is led by the theme. But you're guided with what's on that structure. You can write an outline of the main themes of your speech in the order that they'll be presented. That's your architecture. You can jot down key examples as words or sentences underneath your main themes using bullet points. That's the meat on the bones that you're going to fill out differently every time. You memorize the structure and then you fill in the content with your own words. Your speech, by the way, will be delivered slightly differently each time, but the framework will remain the same. And what I love to discover is that when you do this enough, when you have enough rehearsals, and even if you're making it up differently, so to speak, every time, you actually start to say the same thing after a while, and it becomes a memorized piece that way. But this is another way to memorize, to use this architecture idea this structure. And this is great when you're telling stories because it keeps the stories alive and colorful. It's also a great technique when you don't have a lot of time. I remember I did the Moth Story Slam in London in October. If you don't know what the Moth is, it's called themoth.org. It's an incredible organization that's spreading storytelling around the world, a truly, truly amazing initiative. And in these events, they're story slams. So people come together and. In the audience, people have volunteered to deliver stories that night. And at the event that I went to, it was October, so there's a theme, right? Every single event has a theme. The theme, it being close to Halloween, was spooky. And I had come into that event thinking, I'm just going to sit in the audience and enjoy these 10 stories, because that's how many stories are shared that night. No, I got there and I was completely seduced by the amazing stage and the lighting and the vibe in the room. And I put my name in a hat to be called on to be a speaker that night. I hadn't prepared, but lucky for me, I had 40 minutes before everything started. So I went into the bathroom stall and I scribbled feverishly in my notebook and created this structure that I'm talking about. And I memorized the structure. And by the time my name was called, I was lucky to be called that night. I was the sixth speaker, I had my structure memorized. So I got on stage, I stood in front of the microphone, and I just went through that structure, adding all the flesh on the bones, as it were, through this extraordinary experience of storytelling. A total bliss experience. I recommend it to anyone who has moth events around you. Look it up. Go there, be in the audience. Go there, tell a story. Totally blissed out experience, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. So, there's one more method here that I want to share related to memorization, and this is a personal favorite. I am a dancer and I just learn things by movement. I'm one of those kinesthetic learners. Maybe you are too, that you know, you move your body in ways to memorize things. And this is about in your rehearsal adding physical accents to your speech, like a raised index finger on an important point, or a cheeky smile after a funny line. As you rehearse, for example, you'll raise your finger and your brain will begin to remember the line of text that goes with that movement, right? Or, you know, that cheeky smile when you deliver it on your face, that'll trigger the memory of what you say when you make that gesture. So this is really powerful, folks. And I'm, I'm not necessarily, I'm not advocating to overact or overdo stuff because I personally despise those kinds of talks. They're like amateur hour 101. But in your rehearsal, you can certainly overdo this and move your body a lot so that you are remembering the lines of your text through the movement of your body. A real game changer, this one. One more way to learn is, now that I'm thinking about it, is you can learn by tone, like a singer. You can memorize your speech by singing it. This is for all you, you know, vocal learners out there. You can use vocal variety in your speech, like playing with the the speed that you're talking or the volume that you're using to help you remember your lines. And again, this is not necessarily what the finished product would look like. You wouldn't be, I'm talking in my speech. That's not how you would show up on stage. But that is certainly a great way to remember your words in your rehearsal process. You know what? It's actually really cool to do a little bit of each one of these versions, to learn by tone a little bit, to learn by movement a little bit, to learn by structure a little bit, and to learn by rote a little bit. I think an advanced speaker would be using all of those techniques as methods to get that information into the mainframe. So there you have it, some really straightforward and practical tools to help you to rehearse So that you arrive at a place of comfort as a speaker and so that you can remove some of that anxiety that goes with any speaking performance, which, by the way, never goes away fully. But you can manage the amount and the level of that anxiety by being well prepared, folks. It is the silver bullet. It is the method to get you to that place where you feel good about what you're gonna talk about. And in the best case scenario, you're looking forward to delivering that content. I hope that you have found this episode helpful today and that you can apply what you've learned to your own leadership speaking. I look forward to bringing you another episode in this series next time, where I will unpack more leadership speaking golden nuggets. In the meantime, Take care of yourselves, take care of others, continue to stay well, and thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.